0: Welcome down to this week's episode of Paddy Talks Golf, episode one four eight. Who's going to be the big one fifty? Um, a constant support along the way, and now powered by Four Golf Custom. You got to go get your clubs custom fit, and you got to go get them done at Four Golf Custom. Derek and Dave and the Donald build them uh, zero tolerance workshop, and we might cover that in a future episode. What does zero tolerance m- mean, and um, versus the OEMs versus getting them custom fit elsewhere? There's a reason people like Seamus Power uh, still come to Derek for advice and consultancy and uh, to get the clubs in the bag. Not just um, our boy Seamus, but Conor O'Rourke and and numerous other tour players, scratch golfers, plus handicappers, right up to your 20 25 handicapper can all it of the knowledge they distill to you at Four Golf Custom and building better golfers all the way. is that right, Seamus?
1: Hey, I'm Seamus Power on the PGA Tour. If you're looking for the best golf club reviews out there on YouTube, just check out the guys at 4 golf Custom. They've custom-fit my golf clubs for years,
0: and they're the best in the business. Thank you, Mr. Power. We'll be talking to you real soon. Um, this week's episode, you've probably pressed play because you're looking for a bit of speed, or you, you might see Matt Fitzpatrick, who isn't the biggest fella on tour, but he's now one of the longest on tour and attests that distance and that increase in swing speed to a certain training aid called the stack and i became aware of it maybe 18 months ago um, but it's definitely become more popular in people's bags as a warm-up tool as well as a speed system Um, so not just mr fitzpatrick working ambassador and 2022 u.s open champion but also a friend of the podcast mike carroll Um, fit for golf i know a lot of listeners are on the fit for golf um program on the app uh, as well as folks who have recently gone to Robbie Cannon. Congratulations, Robbie, by the way, on the recent edition. Um, and they sent their, their piece around the stack as well. So let's kick off. Sasha McKenzie, founder, co-founder of the Stack System. Roll it there, Colette. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. George Raleigh told us the production line was finished in carry. Where's George Raleigh? What do you think it at? Kenzie, are you ready to tee it up?
2: Uh, I'm ready to tee it up. Driver in hand. Glove on. A1. Driver of choice? Ping G30, G430 at the moment. Yep. Nice. Being the
1: engineering consultant at Ping um, might have something to do with that. We're also professor of sports biomechanics and biomechanics advisor and software developer, FootJoy, which is intriguing to me. Um, hopefully they're all still current. I pulled them off your website, I think.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. I j- just had a few emails back and forth with uh, my contact at Footjoy this morning. Yep. And, and ping. So everything's current.
1: A1. The, some, most of my listeners were like, Jesus, Paddy's done a lot of research for this one. Because generally I don't. We just hop on and have a chat. So <laughs> <laughs> I, have a, I have a couple of notes because the stack has been on my radar, forgive the pun, for a couple of years. Um, but before we get into that, given the couple of titles we currently consult on, um, given the couple of titles you have, uh, because I did engineering in college to go design stuff in golf. Now that's not how things have materialized, right? But given your consultancy is with something like FootJoy and biomechanics, and we're all about speed. Are we looking at like advanced insoles to improve biomechanics? What's what insights can you give from a biomechanics sense to a uh, to an apparel company or, or footwear company um for paying you know we can see it's, it's in it's an equipment we're assuming but what, what can someone like a footer and apparel company get out of your insights
2: yeah i haven't done much with um other apparel but shoes in particular uh, i consider them equipment um and if you look at across sports they're very different which says something you know Um, pretty much you could golf in pretty much any type of shorts or t-shirts or, you know, whatever you want. They used to play with, you know, wool vests and ties. Um, but, uh, the, the footwear is very specific to the sport for a reason. Track spikes are different than golf spikes. Hockey skates look different. Uh, you know, curling, uh, footwear, right. There's, there's, there's something that's very important with our interaction with the ground that leads to better performance. Um, golf's un- unique because uh, there's two very different things that you want to design that piece of equipment around. Uh, one is being able to execute the swing, but also you have to walk an uneven terrain for four to five hours. Um, so that, it, 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 and it's the piece of equipment uh, like the golf ball that you use in every single shot. Um, so. You know, we can we can generate um with if we didn't use the ground, let's say you swung the golf club at a hundred miles an hour, and you didn't use the ground, you we dropped you, you know, out of an airplane, you'd probably be able to swing the driver at around 60 miles an hour with some training. We'd have to drop you out of the plane more than once. So you kind of get used to it and get uh coordinated. <laughs> um, so our interaction I'm not signing ground, up for that one. Could <laughs> <laughs> be fun. Um How we interact with the ground is really important to, to change the angular momentum of the system. And then hopefully we get some of that angular momentum out to the club and the the footwear and how they're designed, um, whether it's the stiffness in them, whether it's the traction, uh, elements, uh, can really help, um, get a little bit more angular momentum into the system. And it can also help us get it out to the club.
1: Yeah, because someone who loves, who sees shoes as a, a piece of equipment is our own part of Carrington. And I was at something, oh, I would say 15 years ago. And it was, he was with foot choice shoes at the time. And that the new insole design, he'd gotten like four miles an hour because it gave him more stability. And at that time, everyone in the room was like, you're on one. It's because foot choice spending, <laughs> giving you so much money. Well, it's actually like nowadays, it would make way more sense because more people are in the shoe with speed. But Pardrick's always been chasing and chasing speed so um yeah that message is definitely resonating with hunters.
2: well these you know and, and you know we, you don't even need to get into the the science of it or understand the reasoning You can look at what i find fascinating is tiger woods wearing the premiere series so, so that to me that if if footwear didn't matter surely nike could find a pair of <laughs> shoes for him to wear you would imagine. But, you would imagine that they know a thing or two about uh, putting together a piece of footwear, but apparently um, not so much, you know, and that's how important Tiger's not uh, whimsically changing golf balls. He's more likely to stick. In fact, he's stuck with clubs and balls, you know, more so to the brand that he's, you know, supporting or marketing than he has with shoes, you know, that that's where he switched up. He's like, you know what? Um that's all right. I'm gonna wear these foot joys because they're better for my game or they're better for him walking It's probably um it's probably the, the main reason.
1: Or maybe he's like me and it's the only thing we have in common and neither of us can walk past a pair of premiers without putting them on. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Um generally the first question I ask people who come on the show is what is your earliest memory of golf, Sasha?
2: Um, that would be in my um great aunt's backyard using her, um, ping irons that were right-handed. I'm a left-handed golfer. Um, but, uh, I can clearly remember it. I would be probably five. And, uh, the, the feeling of hitting, they were colored balls. I think they were ping golf balls, maybe even at the the time, the two tones. Um, and yeah, the feeling of that solid contact, and, and I was hitting it backhanded, you know, like cowhanded. handed with the, but yeah, it was, yeah, it was the, the, you know, miss it, miss it, go 10 yards and then catching one. And yeah, that's my, that's a very vivid memory. And you're in, you're in Nova Scotia today, but where did you grow up? Prince Edward Island. One, one province uh, closer to you.
1: Now for the rest of us who are geographically
2: challenged. Is that... <laughs> East. East, East coast. East, yeah, East Coast. Yeah.
1: So, what was it like growing up there?
2: Um, it it was it was great place to grow up as a as a kid. Um, you know, it's a relatively uh slow pace of of life. Uh, are you familiar with uh like the American Amish? You know, am. like the okay, so. You know, it wasn't like that. But to, sh- to to give you a sense of what Prince Edward was like, a lot of uh, Amish folks have now um, moved to Prince Edward Island. They they, they uh, live in the area where I grew up. They travel by horse and carriage, and they chose that place because you know that's kind of the lifestyle. You know, it might not be different than than rural Ireland, to be to be honest. Um, right. I and mean, I was about I, to say,
1: it's like you're from you're from At-Lone.
2: Right. Like things haven't changed too much in, you know, a uh, hundred years. Like we, uh, like when I was a child, we still didn't have, like when I was in high school, we still didn't have um, uh, cans of, of pop or cans of beer. Everything had to be glass. You know, it was like, it was like going back and forth, Classy. but it was awesome. You know, I fished a lot. We walk out my front door, go for, uh, go for a little walk through a field, go fishing, go play some golf. Um, yeah, it was great.
1: When did the interest in how the body works come across your brain?
2: Well, you know, I, I, I was heavily involved in sports, um, uh, in high school and, um, and then I did uh, track and volleyball at university. Um, so I, I certainly my involvement in sports and then my interest in math and physics and realizing in my undergrad at university that, you know, that you you can marry the two, you know, physics and engineering isn't all about cars and buildings and robots. It's about understanding how the human body moves, but then you have to layer over a little bit of understanding of sport. um, And the mental, you know, it's a really fascinating conjunction of so many fields of science. Um, You know, that, that, that really appeals to me that trying to get a human being to be the best they can at a sport has so many different elements and, and a, a lot of those elements have to do with math and physics and engineering
1: So well, i don't know do you ever come across from a good friend of mine Keelan mcdonough um trainer under mike adams that they're all about how the body works so they'd measure your levers sure. and then and then your work a swing around that so is, is it from that type of angle because everybody's built differently you know everyone has different ranges of mobility that you're looking at the percentages of change or or specific programs to get those one percent and five percent for optimum performance.
2: That's certainly uh, one angle. That okay. um, you know, there's there's not not everybody it probably has the same optimal way to swing a golf club. If there isn't, if there is even an optimal, I think there's probably lots of solutions for any given golfer to swing a golf club. Some better than others. Um, that's definitely one angle, you know, uh, not to try and put everybody into the, the same mold.
1: So what was the compelling event to go all in with, with bioscience, biomechanics? Uh, was it in baseball first? Was it in golf first? Like after college, what was, where did we go from there?
2: Yeah, it was definitely golf, you know, um, Uh, I'm a little bit uh, entrepreneurial in in spirit. Um, I certainly really like my job as a professor. My career as a professor. I I, I like teaching. I like doing research. Um, That's what gets me up in the morning. You know, I enjoy it. It's fun. It's it's an excellent profession. But I also enjoy the, the business world and the idea that you can provide a product or service to somebody that um, makes their life better. And a good measure of that is how successful the business is. And so I, when I was doing my PhD thesis, I wanted to pick a topic that would enable me to um, go in that direction of industry. So my PhD thesis was on customizing the stiffness of a golf shaft to an individual swing. Golf is a great sport because the equipment industry and the swing instruction industry is, is massive compared to other sports. You know, Olympic sports, um, fascinating science, very interesting. But you don't have a whole lot of 45 to 50 year olds trying to be the best they can at baseball, bobsled, cycling. But there are millions of golfers who will go a, a long way and put a lot of effort into getting the right golf club to figuring out how to train to get a better swing. And, um, yeah, so it, it seemed like a really, and I, and I love golf fascinated by it. So that, that was the direction I went.
1: And you're not half bad. You can take the modesty hat off like back to back club champion. I, I didn't see any 2022 results. So is it back to back to back champion or?
2: It was not. No, I, uh, I, I put up a valiant effort, but, um, I was just not as well prepared as I should have been.
1: So two out of three ain't bad two out of three ain't bad when did you meet marty jerson
2: yes i you know i've been kind of uh i guess it's been at least 10 years now since i've been um consulting with ping so you know um my my, my main contacts at ping would be uh paul wood and eric henrickson initially uh I've done a lot of research with eric um and then you know obviously knew marty um and i had helped other golfers and swing instructors around the concepts of speed and you know biomechanics of swinging and golf club and Marty who is an an amazing golfer um he's played in six majors um I believe at this point um he you know was like all of us getting up into his uh late 30s and was losing club head speed was never particularly fast um you know but you know average by tour standards let's say 112 to 114 um and wanted more speed so uh hey let's let's try out what was the, an early version of the stack system some speed training and he got incredibly fast to the to the point where you know he got pretty close to getting 190 ball speed. so you know club had speed up around 125 126 playing speed um m- and made the cut at Beth page Black when the PJ championship was there the year that Brooks Kepka won and if that's a beast of a golf course, you know, so you got a uh an engineer sitting behind a desk um going out and uh, making the cut of a major championship um where you need to be fast so he was he's like hey this is uh <laughs> this stuff works let's see if we uh if we can't do something together you know so it really was a great uh a great partnership our Venn diagrams overlap um quite a bit, but then there's a whole lot of stuff that uh are really complementary
1: absolutely so like I have only done speed training once with, with a competitor, my, my apologies, um, during COVID. Um, and I did it in, in line with the mobility program. So I actually saw more gains from the mobility program than the, the other speed system. Um, where I was like, you know, I, I, uh, plateaued fairly quickly, <laughs> mm. uh, cause it's kind of a one Program fits all approach, which is fine. And people see gains or whatever, but uh, I plateaued at a swing speed that my body potential, it's too low, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like 109, I'm six foot, I'm north of 200 pounds this week. Uh, I've a lot of potential energy there, right? This
2: week? This week? This, what this week, for, yeah, because next week next it'll week be 10. under, it'll be okay. under
1: 200 next week. We're moving in the right direction.
2: Uh, that's, what, that. that's
1: what two weeks in America will do for you you know <laughs> yeah did two weeks in america and and came back you know um american portion sized but i mean so the reason i'm intrigued by stack is is prescribed training so can you can you describe how prescribed works
2: sure it comes from my my background um working with athletes and training myself so for you know 10 years i was uh, a track and field coach at university and, and track and field is, is only about getting faster, throwing further, jumping further, jumping higher. There's a very specific skills and you can't separate out strength and conditioning from the sport. It's part of it. Um, and, uh, you, you, you realize very quickly that each athlete needs to be lifting different weights in the gym in order to maximize the rate at which they get better. And the, even with the, uh, the drills and the sprint drills and stuff you do on the track, not everybody should be doing the same stuff. So if you look at overload and over speed training, which comes from track and field and jumping predominantly, um, you you don't have everybody towing the same weight as an example, if you're doing sled pulls, right? Um, it, any, any supposed...
1: GAA players in Ireland definitely knows what a sled pull is.
2: Right. Okay. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. And it, so uh, it, 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 people are probably more familiar with going into the gym. If you went into the gym and it was like, Hey, here are the 30 pound dumbbells, 60 pound dumbbells, 90 pound dumbbells. And everybody lifts everything. You're like, well, well, how, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if that if that makes the, the most sense. Surely, if, if everybody's you know not really trained and you put them in the gym and you have them move around the weights, everybody's going to get stronger. But will they get stronger at the fastest rate possible and in the safest way possible? So, um, I started doing research trying to to figure out. Okay, well, it, the, the, it, it, training should be based in science. Should be based in the biomechanics of knowing the loads. And the stimuluses that are required of the body which in this case it's swinging the driver so patty if you're swinging your driver i need to know how fast you're swinging it and what are the forces and torques you're putting into the club then if i want to do overload and over speed training to help you swing that club faster i need to have uh some training where the loads are slightly higher by a correct amount and where the speeds are slightly higher by a correct amount for the overspeed. um So that's, that's kind of the foundation of the the stack system. And then with, with every workout, we are tracking how fast you're swinging, um, the weights, we know what the weight was. And so we can adjust subsequent workouts, just like you would do in in the gym. If a trainer was trying to have you target, um, six reps of, of something, and you did, you know, you grabbed the 40 pound dumbbells, you did six reps on Monday, but then on Wednesday, you did eight. Well, the trainer's going to say, hey, we need you to move up to the 45s or, you know, whatever it is, we need to adjust as we go. Um, and, and that's why we needed the app. Um, so everything that you do, your rest, uh, the weights you're swinging, how much time between sessions, everything is tracked in the app. And, and that allows us to, to kind of fine tune your, your programming. And your program is going to be different than my program.
1: So thanks for that, by the way. Sure. Um, Fifteen thousand golfers using the system. So uh, being a data just guy myself, just about twenty now. Just about twenty. Uh, twenty now. now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, golfers by me to update their articles.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> um, being a data guy, software guy in, in myself day to day. I'm assuming all that goes back into the stack, data pool, data warehouse and you start drawing insights from it, or, or, or is that what happens?
2: Oh, absolutely. That was the plan from day one. So, um, I, you know, I'm really excited about the science. I'm a, a professor. That's that's the way my brain works. You know, you uh, if you're a carpenter, uh, everything looks, you know, if you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So uh, I see this opportunity with the data and I think, hey, research. Um, but instead of looking at research with, like If I did a study at the university, I would have maybe 30 people in a group. Um, now we've got 50 people starting a new program every day with the, the stack system. So we can run experiments and figure out, hey, uh, should this person be, should you be resting for 15 seconds or 20 seconds? Should, when you do overload, should you be swinging at uh, a weight that's 108%? of what you experience through the driver, 110% of what you experience drivers, We can make very small tweaks, compare the findings, um, and then make the next programming uh, programs better. So the the app is kind of like in this infinity loop of, of progress. And there's amazing insights that that we can gain that initially, you know, we didn't think about. So for example, we're, we will be launching shortly um, a recommendation in the app for driver head weight. So, uh, a- as you know, you swing, uh, a- various weights when you do the stack training and what that gives us is a measure of what we're calling your speed sensitivity. Okay. This is going to get a bit technical here for the next uh, good minute that. and a half. Um, <clears throat> so you can, you can, if, if you look at a big group of people, what's, what's interesting is that you could take a driver head for a whole group of people that weighed 200 one hundred eighty grams, 180 grams or 220 grams. And they would all produce similar ball speeds across the group. The heavier the club head is, the slower you'll swing it. But the more mass in the club head, the more ball speed you get. Okay. So from a group perspective, it's like, and this research has been done several times for the last 60 years, starting with Cochrane and stops. So you'd say, Hey, it doesn't really matter if the club heads 180 grams, or if it's 220 grams, we all get about the same ball speed. But at the individual level, that's not necessarily true. So if you are relatively insensitive to mass, so as we add weight on the stack, you're going to swing it slower, but maybe you don't swing it that much slower. So we put 10 grams on and you lose a half mile per hour. We put another 10 grams on, you lose another half mile per hour. You're the type of person who should play a relatively heavy driver head, maybe up to 220 gram driver head. That's going to allow you to maximize the moment of inertia. You're not going to swing it that much slower than you would a 200 gram driver head, but you're going to benefit from higher ball speed and more stability. Now, if you're someone that is really sensitive to mass and we add 10 grams on and now you swing two miles per hour slower, well, that's no good because now your club head speed drops so much that if you're swinging that 220 gram head, you lose so much ball speed that you're, you're, you're not going to perform as well off the tee you might need to use a 180 gram driver head. So there's just an example of an insight that, you know, that we can pull from all, all the, you know, these 20,000 users, and we'll be able to make a recommendation on, on potentially how heavy the driver head should be.
1: And that's where you can pull your data and then sell it to the club fitters of the world. <laughs>
2: be like, mm-hmm. uh,
1: and yeah, I have I've a friend you need, I, need, I need to introduce you to, um, <laughs> With all the club feeding data of thousands and thousands of people. Um, we will do that offline. <laughs> sure. Um, it's just intriguing because it's like people always like the culture in golf is um, hit it long and then also hit it long with the stiffest shaft possible and the heaviest <laughs> shaft possible. Oh, look at me. I have right. an 80 gram driver shaft and <laughs> this type of stuff. Well, actually, it could be if they went lighter our lighter club head, et cetera, it'll affect our ball speed. It might swing it slower, but they have a faster ball speed. That's essentially what we're saying here or vice versa.
2: Yeah. As much. Yeah. If you're going to add weight to a club, it's probably, if you want more ball speed, it's probably best to add it in the club head. Adding weight to the grip is probably going to change your feel, but not do anything to, to club head speed, you know? So, um, anyway, Lots of, lots we, of thoughts. We digress. Stuff. Something I picked up the other week,
1: actually, during my time in the States was a blast motion sensor. So you're actually able to pick your putter uh, model and then it'll, because it'll, um, it, then it's classed the, the loft on the putter, it'll get your attack angle from the sensor. So maybe that's something like that we'll see in, in, in the stack app, just pick your model. Um, yeah. You never know. You never know. Um, and they just input your shaft weight. Mine's 55, I think. <laughs> nice and whippy. Um, where do we go from here? So, so in terms of yeah, I have a couple of questions around people might have why, like before they pick a stack system, like before they choose it. So I'll 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 read them off. It does ball position make a difference to your club head speed and the mass you can apply through the ball?
2: Ball position.
1: Ball position. So if I like
2: in your stance,
1: in your stance, yeah. Is there an the uh, place to put
2: it? Um. Well, I think for driver, it makes sense to probably move it up in your stance because you're going to get a more favorable angle of attack. These are generalities. Um, I think with irons, it, it's it, for uh, interaction with the turf considerations, uh, moving it back in your stance makes sense. Um, you, you know, you don't want to have the, the low point when you're hitting an iron be behind the ball. Um but in terms of club head speed, I, I think that club head speed changes so little in that one foot, you know, whether it's middle okay. stance or the front of the stance that uh, you're not going to gain or lose any club head speed.
1: Yeah. So it doesn't matter where I put my PRGR once I put it in the same place for, for oh, consistency. Your, yeah.
2: Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Your PRGR. Yeah. 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 Right. No, the radar doesn't matter. Not, no, 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 Just yeah, I, I like to, for the PRGR two and a half to three feet. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah, out outside of the impact zone, because I've seen plenty of uh, Instagram stories of uh, people have for smashing their radars uh, just in general, not not because of the stack or anything, but just because oh, of yeah. their uh, their ball striking issues.
2: Well, <laughs> well, I think that in general, the closer you put those, <laughs> the problem is the closer you put the radars to where the club's moving, and they tend to read a bit higher. So I think uh, there's there's a negative feedback loop there in terms of <laughs> damage to the radar. <laughs>
1: Yeah, doing great for the PRGR stocks. Um, other radars are available, of course. Um, with your data pool, have you seen, and it might be in the programs I don't know, have you seen a difference in swinging, hitting a ball and swinging without in terms of swing speeds?
2: Yeah, for sure. A- initially, the majority of people uh, swing much slower without a ball. Um, it, it's not 100%. Um, it's, it's a bit of a distribution. But that quickly changes as you adapt to speed training. And eventually the vast majority of people after, you know, a, a program or two of speed training start to swing faster without a ball than with a ball.
1: Yeah. Cause my, my guy, my buddy, my, my Carol is a friend of yours also, I believe, um, yeah. does promote, you know, put one session in hitting a ball at all out speed, uh, along yeah. with your stack system for,
2: well, well, you know, for ball striking into-
1: more so than anything else.
2: Yeah. We have that built into the app. So we have, yeah. um, so every, we, we recommend, uh, every, you know, two or three weeks minimum, um, that there's a, 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 there's a right in the front page of the app, there's a button that's called special session. You tap on it and you can do speed priming with balls. Um, so it takes about uh, 12 minutes. You do some warm up stuff with the stack. And then the last set is smashing balls with your driver. And that allows you to track not only r- the regular stack training, how you're swinging without hitting the ball, but you enter the speeds, your driver speeds, while you're hitting balls. So we can track both in the in the app.
1: You mentioned there there was a, a priming session, uh, and I did read up. Yeah. There was one for like before a round. So do you combine a priming or a mobility part of of a of a of a, of a program, or did you just advise to do a mobility program along with along with it?
2: Yeah, well. Um... I guess it depends on what your issues are, Uh, but certainly I think for most of us over the age, you can use me. You
1: can use me as a case study. Uh, I use myself. Yeah. (laughs) So hip mobility is uh, improving, um, but can be better. So that's where I'm. I my mobility problem is around hip. Uh, yeah. hip mobility. Um, because I get, I, I run out of space pretty fucking quick in the downswing basically. Cause I haven't cleared any hips yet.
2: <laughs> so yeah.
1: that's me. Yeah.
2: And Mike's got some great, uh, I really like the exercise he does, um, where you sit on your butt and you got your, 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 your feet are kind of on your heels and you rotate left and right to, to work that internal external hip rotation into 1990,
1: which would you believe yeah. four years ago? I couldn't even get into the position. Of I believe it. <laughs> now I can, and I can go over and back.
2: Excellent. I'm, I'm so good. Yeah, I, I like Mike's stuff. Uh, if I was going to recommend anybody's stuff, it would be Mike Carroll's stuff, for sure. Um, you know, we, we've, for a lot of people, myself included, I'm 44, you know, above average conditioning, but the the warm-up that we've built into the app, it really serves for the vast majority of golfers, unless you're an NCAA Division One golfer or PGA. Unless you're Micah
1: Hyde safety in the Buffalo Bills where I played this yeah a couple weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have the I power.
2: Our, <laughs> our our the warm-up that's in there, you know, if you do it every day serves as a great way to to keep your mobility uh pretty functional in the golf swing. You know, all of the movements that we do, the dynamic stretches, target specific areas that tend to be a bit tight. So we target the hips, we target the groin, the shoulders. Um and so if you do that every day, that, that, that should probably get you at a pretty decent mo- mobility level. Um, you know, but certainly adding mic stuff will help even more.
1: 100% and not just for golf for life. Um, I'm, I have two kids, uh, third on the way. So yeah, Being mobile and being able to bend over and roll around is, is quite beneficial. <laughs>
2: to, I, to regular I, day I life. agree.
1: For people who have done speed training before, maybe, um, yeah. Of your data pool, can they still go to the stack and see gains, or is there a risk of plateauing or a risk of not gaining anything because they've used yeah, that, it, like they've their body's primed or conditioned to a degree already?
2: Yeah, the the, the you know there's a possibility of that. Um, we we've probably right now have about uh, I'd say we're approaching about four thousand people that have switched. Um, uh, you have previously used um, other training systems. Um, we have plenty of reviews and lots of comments, um, to say that they've continued to get faster. Uh, I'm sure there are plenty out there who, you know, um, have, have not, and they haven't reached out, which, which is fine. Um, but I, uh, I feel my, my response is because people will ask, Hey, you know, I've got another system. Should I switch? Will I get faster? And I'll say, I, I don't really know. You know, I, I can't predict how anybody will respond. You know, um, I don't know. <laughs> we, you know, we, we've only got about, there's about a 0.5% of our users who uh, gain less than three miles per hour. Um, and there are some, uh, no doubt, that go through and, you know, they gain very little speed, if any. And mo- I have a very clear reason why why that happens. Um, for most of them, so we can usually nip that in the bud and then they can get execution you know, of program <laughs> execution of Probably program be high on that list. <laughs> is very high. Um, uh, warm up is they just do not warm up. So the hour, our programs, our workouts are very, very efficient, but they do not take a lot of time. But if you, so if you spend half of your workout in a, in a state that doesn't allow you to swing fast, it's a wasted session. So at 44, um, most of my speed training sessions take between the stack sessions take between 15 and 20 minutes. I take at least 15 minutes, some days closer to 20 minutes to warm up. I spend more time warming up than I do speed training that that's going to, uh, maximize the benefits of my training and also minimize the the risk of energy of injury. Also the people that tend not to gain speed are simply not swinging fast enough, um, uh, to, to see a stimulus. So I'll have them send me videos and I'll say, Hey, send me your driver swing and then send me your training swing. And they look at about the same level of effort. It, it, you know, we ease people in. So the first four workouts of any training uh, program are at what we call full intent, which is how hard you would swing on the golf course. And that's okay. just to make sure that people get used to swinging the weights. I have no idea what they've been doing for the last two months. Maybe they've just been sitting on the couch. But for a couple of weeks, we're just easing into training uh, lots of rest, easy stuff, focusing on warm up. But then you, at some point you have to start swinging faster than you would on the course in order for there to be a stimulus to see improvement. Um, so, you know, and I think, I think the reason why I like to say with our system, it's going to give you the, the biggest, the best probability of getting faster. And it's not just the actual programming and the workouts you do, but it's, We've done, we've, we've, we've really gone out of our way to make the app engaging and motivating. So we've got a grit score number that a lot of people really like, if you don't adhere to the program, if you work out too soon, if your rests aren't, you know, long enough, or the other way, you take too much time between workouts or too much rest, then your grit score drops. Uh, we set reminders, so you you you're, it'll pop up on your phone saying, "Hey, you you got to get your workout done in the next couple of days." Um, and then we keep pinging you, uh, "Hey, Patty, uh, get off the couch! You got to do a workout." And we track all of your speeds. So anytime you swing any weight faster, whether it's a single swing or a set, we focus more on the set. Um, the app cheers, you know. So you 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 and you can go in and see all your data. Um, so it's 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 very motivating. Um, training tool. You, you can see the progress you're making. You can see the work you're doing, and you can also compare yourself to others. We have this percentile feature in the app where you can say, "Hey, you know, maybe you're the type of person that isn't um, internally motivated, where just improving yourself is enough. Uh, you want to see how you're comparing to other people." And and I really yeah, feel stack
1: community almost like the Whoop community. So I'm I use Whoop. Yeah. I've I I live by it. Essentially, didn't go to the gym today. Cause I'm, I'm in the yellow forty percent but right. what I do keep track of every day is my little group. I'm in two or three communities around Ireland or for golf or whatever. And we, you know, where am I in the ranking? You know, yeah. uh, and that's a level of accountability. So like none of my family of whatever, but I still have that community to, to kind of keep me accountable. So it's, so it's great that the stack has that as well.
2: Yeah. It, yes. And I really feel this is the way I treat uh, the stack and and the way I think most people do the stack is, is that where I'd like them to think of it is, um, speed is a skill that if you don't train, you, you, you lose, you know, and, uh, just the way you right now are cycling through, or we all cycle through probably, um, fluctuations in weight, right. We'll go through periods of time where we're like, yeah, you know what, maybe I don't want to go really hard and train really hard, 365 days a year. So, you know, you put in a good six months, right? You watch your diet, you go for a jog, you get out on the bike, but then you get busy with work or winter hits or something you go through a period of, you know, over the holidays, maybe you're visiting America and you go to uh, IHOP for breakfast every morning. Patty, I don't know where where you eat breakfast, but- It was the equivalent. Right. (laughs) Chick-fil-A
1: did me in, but let's put it like that. Chick-fil-A was was, was high on the Uber Eats.
2: And then you say, hey, I'm going to get back into stuff to kind of bring things under control. You know- uh, I, I think when you start out stacking going hard for a year, not hard but consistent for a year is a great idea right but then just like anything you'll start to see some diminishing returns uh, for myself uh, you know um uh, when i before I started training, when I was in my early forties you know I, I was in my high high, t- high one twenty club at speed in my twenties right I was athletic yeah. I could really move move the club head and then by the time I got to late 30s, I was down where, like, I was playing at 102. That was no fun. Yeah. So so now I'm back up playing around 112. I can swing the driver. So I've got another about a month training left in my current stack program. I will get the driver back up, air swings as hard as I can, pretty close to 130 miles an hour. I'm um, hopefully I'll be playing at 115 at the start of May when the courses open up um, around here. But then I'll, you know, I'll slow down again. You know, I, I'm not going to go hard with stack training over the summer. I'll try to keep my speed up as best I can, but then I'll go back at it again over the winter. I, you know, stacking is going to be for life. I'll have, I'll, I'll be able to look at that that progress in the app and say, okay, I got to get back up to this speed because if I, you know, if I wanted to start playing at 125 now, for me at 44, you know, I would need to get my max up over 130. And that would go from, okay, I need to put 40 minutes of, of work in a speed training week. Now I'd have to put in two hours. Well, I don't want to do that. And I don't, I don't want to train for four hours a week for a year to gain two miles per hour. That's not where I'm at in my, in my life. But there's a sweet spot with the stack where I can put in just enough training and go hard just for, enough, for a few months during the year where I can stay at 115, hopefully playing speed for the next 10 years you know, and and that, that, that's, that's great for me.
1: No, absolutely. I suppose that's, I've experienced that in terms of, I just didn't train at all. And now I'm back, I went down to like 104. Right. So like, yeah. So between gym work and mobility, I'm back up to like 108, 109. But I know that the potential is there. And it's, and it's, that's, did you call it a synthesis or a, it's that switch in your brain that turns off the limiter. Everyone has like an internal limiter. Uh, for like how governor. fast the governor yeah they want to guide it down the fairway or, or whatever um and i see that when i am on track man, or whatever indoors versus outdoors uh so i do like wintertime ireland like no one must be outside so we're inside and swings is like 103 and then we're outside for the first time three weeks ago it's like 109 so that's like yeah. just purely from being outside so the question is in do you measure that in the stack app in terms of, are they practicing? Cause I see the chase of scratch boys and he's swinging insight. So do you have like, um, a data set around, you know, your, e, I think you call it your E speed. Yeah. So does that differ based on training inside versus training outside?
2: It's very interesting. Maybe it's something we probably should tag. Um, you know, there's, I think it depends on your, your indoor training environment, um,
1: and how ruthless you are to break and stuff inside, <laughs> you know, some right. people mightn't care and they have a yeah. no governor for
2: indoors. <laughs> well, and I think some people can overcome that relatively quickly. What's interesting is, um, you know, uh, he's, uh, Ping does a lot of testing indoors and, you know, we the, but they also have their bay where they hit outside and they do a lot of testing outside as well. Um, it seems, you know, this is anecdotally from my, my uh, friend, uh, Eric Hendrickson at Ping, you know, his, his gut, um, I won't hold him to this, but we kind of feel the same way. So I feel comfortable sharing it is that for some reason, golfers tend to maybe swing irons like a seven iron a bit faster in inside than they would outside, but drivers the reverse. And I mean, Hey, we haven't, we haven't pulled up any data, but that it's certainly even in my own lab, um, with my, myself, uh, that seems to be the case. I'm not really sure why that is. Um, but uh, either way, I would say this: if you are speed training, if you're stack training indoors, and you see gains, the, those gains are going to translate to the outdoors.
1: Gains are gains, right? Yeah, <laughs> gains are gains. Are. Indoors or outdoors. What are we going to say to you? people who say, "Oh, I'm not spending two hundred forty dollars and then X amount more on a on a radar; it's almost six hundred dollars." What's your rebuttal on that? Is it just don't buy a new driver for a year or two because they're $600 and you'll see the equivalent gains and it's a long-term CapEx spend, not a short-term one. Is that the rebuttal or, or is there another way to go around? I, it?
2: No, I think, that's the, that, I think that's the main rebuttal. Um, and that's, you know, where, you know, the, the price we sell, I like if in Canada right now, um, if I go to buy a, a new driver from any of the major OEMs, it's $800. Um. You know, so we're the, the stack with the radar is under that price point um, and will probably have a more lasting influence on your, your golf game.
1: Across the board from, from pitching wedge to, from, from lob wedge to driver. Um, research tells you one to two miles an hour results in, what's it, four to five yards in gain? So a, a 10 mile an hour gain is about 20 to 25 yards. Yeah. So in terms of your investments, it's and, and your consistent training, consistent use of it, that's 25. year. What the question is, what from your data set is your average increase in swing speed? Yeah. From your data pool, or, or is that do we need to sign an NDA first?
2: No, no, I love to share that information. So uh, there's lots of different ways you can um, uh, portray that information. So I'll be specific. Um, if we looked at our uh, top 2000 uh, stackers in terms of grit score. So those that adhered to the program the best, right? Gotcha. Because if, if you say, oh, let's look at all stackers, well, the problem is somebody used it once and then they didn't do any training or they, it took them six months to do a six week program. Not and they're really skewing the data. Start. Yeah, it's not really fair to include them. And there's also, uh, you know, um, Anyway, so you get you, you need some way to kind of clean up the data. So you say 2,000 users. That seems pretty reasonable. That's a large sample. Um, 2,000 people adhere to the program. And and these are people who um, may have already been speed training for a while. Who knows? But if we look at where, where they started um, in 2022, so we pull out their first, what we call progress check, whenever that was, in 2022, and we look at their driver speed. And that is uh, under very tight instructions. We say, hey, take 10 swings through the driver. Imagine you're on a par four, try right, and hit for equal balance. So, you know, so it's, it's not a crazy swing. It's with full intent. And then we look at their last progress check in 2022. Okay. So this is after they've gone through one or two programs. The average gain, the average gain for those 2000 golfers was nine miles per hour.
1: Which equates so some, to about 20 yards plus.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, it, 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 nine miles per hour would be about at least twenty. I would say twenty-five yards, assuming um, you're making solid strike across the the range of speeds from seventy to one hundred and fifteen miles per hour.
1: So two clubs. We don't need. We close. don't need to go two clubs. We don't need to go measuring air density. But we like to keep it high level on on this show. Two clubs.
2: Two clubs. There you the go. Green. And it's probably more because if you've gained that much speed with your driver, you're probably, you know, um, hitting a higher lofted club the same distance um, as you would. Your, your, your seven irons probably going the same distance as your six iron used to.
1: I'm saying when I'm sold, and uh, I'm sure a lot of people go, oh, I'd I like that. And if my grit, grit score is uh, within, within the tram lines, I'll have that for uh, stack for life. You can take that tagline, use it if you want. Um <laughs> Outside of research and lecturing and consulting and making people faster, what does Sasha McKenzie do for fun? <laughs>
2: well, I have three kids uh, 12, 10, and seven, and they're all very active in sports. So I'm Great a, bit, ages. Of a sho- <laughs> bit of a chauffeur. Um, you know, I coach, uh, coach my son's hockey team. Um, so, and in Canada, um, you play hockey about as often as you breathe. Oxygen, so <laughs> a lot of hockey happening. Uh, you know, when I, I mean, I golf for fun. That's my main. That's what I do. I play golf. That's, uh, you know, I. There's, it's 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 amazing to me, Patty, how many high level instructors that that don't that don't golf. And I guess maybe they they spend so much time around it that they're like, well, I don't have time to fit in around. That's not me. And some, of, you know, some of the some of the golf instructors that do like to play golf are some of my, you know. Some of the guys I, uh, I love to hang out with.
1: Absolutely. One of my favorite books is Make Time. That kind of takes care of work. And it's by two Googlers, two Google founders. So yeah, I have it here all the time. Uh, Jake Knapp and John Zaretsky. Make Time. Lovely little book. That I, I, like just jotted,
2: I just jotted that down. I just got to find some <laughs> time go. to I'll send to you the link.
1: I'll send <laughs> okay. you the link after.
2: Is uh, it on? Probably... Is it on? on is on it an audio book? Can I can I can I listen uh, to you it? You
1: can't, which is why it's one of the only two books on my desk. Because I audiobook everything. I've be a player on my desk and I've make time and golfers journals, but the rest is audiobook, yeah. So I waited for like six months for the audiobook. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm gonna have to buy this book here. So it took me about three months to read the bloody thing, but it is really good. <laughs> loads, of, loads of good takeaways. Good for flights. Do a lot of short, yeah. short half flights here for like half an hour an hour, but um the real questions now, Sasha. Really, really, really important ones are here now. So, are you ready for your quickfire Q and A? Uh, yep. Hit me. What 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 would your walk-on song be?
2: the uh, Tragically Hip song um, "Blow It High Do. Who sings that? The Tragically Hip. They're an the amazing. Tragically Hip. Oh, I thought you meant oh.
1: it was a Tragically Hip song. <laughs> All right, <Well, laughs> oh, that would be trying, I like that
2: trying... one. All right. You've just, um, every, you've just offended every, you just offended every Canadian.
1: <laughs> well, I'm sorry. We used to say <laughs> that apparently. Um, gym, or nah. gym or pizza? Gym or pizza, Sasha? G-
2: gym or pizza? Like exercise or pizza?
1: Exercise or pizza, which which gym. is a bit of you.
2: Gym. Yeah. Hat, visor
1: or bucket hat? Uh...
2: uh, uh I'm, I'm more of like the paper boy. Was it? Did, was there two options there? visor hat, or bucket? A tour visor
1: like bu- or a bucket hat.
2: Uh, I need to go like Rory uh, style uh, ball cap. You know, ball the low cap, profile gotcha. Tiger Woods. Can't do the high trucker hat thing. Definitely that specific. Dad, yeah. <laughs> Dad cap. Thank you. Dad
1: cap. Yep. Um, happy Gilmore or tin cup? Yeah, happy Gilmore. Walk or cart?
2: Uh, well, walk.
1: All yeah. Hoodies, yes or no?
2: Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm wearing one now.
1: Same. Instagram or Twitter?
2: Twitter. I struggle with Instagram.
1: Play or practice?
2: Ma- uh, <gasps> play.
1: Lovely. You struggle with Instagram. You're going to say something there?
2: Uh, yeah. I just I find it very uh, very nuanced. It's great. It's great. I just. Um, uh my uh, i i you know i struggle with it. some things uh patty like <laughs> i can never remember uh which way to turn a doorknob i can never remember whether the cold taps on the left or the right some things like that so it's not like it's overly complex but i go in there to try like okay is it a story is it a real is it and i you know i just i maybe i need to put five minutes into it instead i've just uh turned away don't don't judge me too harshly i do it not it seems like uh, i i like i like i like flipping through it i just um i have trouble posting and interacting with it and i'm not even great at twitter cool.
1: we'll find your platform that's what they say uh, podcasts might be yours come here to me i have one final question and we'll say um you're club champion 2023 right we'll put it out there uh, i want to say manifest 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 and yeah, you're planning like your that. celebrate your celebratory dinner and you can have whatever six people at the table with you. You're at the top of the Whoa. table. You have three people down the right, three people down the left. Who's at Sasha McKenzie's uh, candlelit dinner?
2: <laughs> <laughs> God, this is—I didn't prepare for this. Six people. This is oh, where uh, this is
1: where editing comes in key. So any, if you they... need to take take a minute, take a minute, and we'll, we'll edit out well, any they're... any wide expanses <laughs> of time.
2: Well, unfortunately, there's only room for uh, for one really uh, cool person because I um, I got my wife and my three kids for sure. Um, so what's that? That's oh, but have I have two two room for two more. I, can they be uh, anyone
1: dead alive fictional? You can have alive. Paddington Bear at it if you want.
2: Gosh darn it! Um, uh, F- Richard Feynman. I don't know if you know that guy do amazing. Oh, yeah, you got to read some of his e- e- escapades. So that's clearly one. Um, I should probably pick somebody from the golfing world. Ah, uh, holy smokes, this dead air. You, can you, are you able to cut this out? All my oh, and 100?
1: I, oh, yeah, yeah okay. okay. <laughs> i got all my
2: ass, and <laughs> because this is really important. Um, and I definitely have that one person down. You know what? It might be, yeah, you know what? I've had dinner with him a few times, uh, hung out with him, played a bit of golf with him. Uh, really enjoy his company. I'd say Bill Murray, you know, I met
1: Bill last summer, the JP, he's a gas man, yeah. some man to take a car down the range through all the fences, but through like 300 people and not give a shit. <laughs> yeah. like yeah. Bill Murray. <laughs> but uh, yeah. no, 100% 100% well thank you very much Sasha we must get you over to Ireland when the weather's a bit better do a fit for a golf stack collab or something like that or just come over and have a good time thanks very I much would... really really insightful thanks for your time I would love
2: to do that uh I really do need to visit Ireland we we'll take care of you. thank you very much okay thank you Paddy
0: That was Sasha McKenzie. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got a bit of value about what the stack system is all about, about the approach and why people like Matt Fitzpatrick, Michael Carroll, Robbie Cannon, loads of people on tour, loads of scratch golfers, loads of people who are looking to get better, faster. You don't have to be low handicapper. Everyone can use the stack system. An extra mile an hour is two or three yards. So if you get three to five miles an hour, let alone 15 to 20 that people are achieving using the system, absolutely worth it. It is pricey yes it is but it means you don't have to buy another driver simple as simple as and i always say you're better off investing in your game maybe more so than in equipment um you know invest in your mobility invest in your um strength and conditioning invest in a training tool like this um because it will give you that extra few percents i hope you enjoyed this week's episode If you do want to learn more or see more or hear more, the full backlog, backlog, the full back catalogue is on www.paddytalkscoff.com. We like to put things up on the Instagram and the Twitters and the Facebooks and that's at Paddy Talkscoff if you you live in that world. Um, Other than that, thank you very much for pressing play. We have more episodes coming next week. Mark Moriarty. And you might recognize that name as he's just started season two of Off Duty Chef um, on TV. So, yeah, that's next week. Hope you love your bank holiday. I hope you got the games in. Uh, Hopefully the monthly medal went well. But until we teed up again soon, I'm Paddy.